0: And there was lots of sweets.
1: Well, it was a party. And
0: and I had some food. Yep. And it was really nice. What did you do?
1: I did nothing. What? Yeah, I didn't do anything.
0: Oh, did you? Re- I've just
1: been sneezing today.
0: Have you? So you've done nothing except <laughs> eat tea, breakfast, lunch, and sn- watch TV with me, and do podcasting and sneeze.
1: Mainly the sneezing if I'm being honest, Evie, that's mainly what I've been doing today. Okay. It hurts my nose. Oh. And I may sneeze in the middle so you'll just have to bear with. But (coughs) I'm a professional, I can edit out all of the sneezes, and no one will ever know that I am feeling very grotty when we did this. Okay. Yeah?
0: Also caught up with the bit when you're telling them that you're feeling grotty. And the bit where I am.
1: Why? Because people need to know.
0: No, they don't.
1: Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote, and this is Consistently Eccentric, a British history podcast where we try to make sense of some of the lesser-known and more absurd people and events these islands have produced. So let's get started with... This story starts in 1832.
0: It's a long time ago. Uh, it's
1: coming, it'll be coming up 200 years ago. It's 190, 189 years ago, OK? OK. Because that is the year... That Prime Minister, Earl Charles Grey, passed the 1832 Reform Act in Parliament. Earl Grey was a strong believer in allowing as many people in Britain to vote as possible. So he fought hard to pass a bill that would extend the right to vote to anyone who owned property or who paid a yearly rent of £10 or more.
0: Including women.
1: Oh well... The bill would increase the amount of people who could vote from around 400,000 to around 650,000 people, which, out of a population of around 24 million at the time, was still not a lot of people. At least, that was the idea he had, to increase the franchise for all people, yeah?
0: Yeah. I think he should let more people, because then if some people can't vote, vote, then... They don't get a decision, and they might might not like the king or queen that they're given
1: oh we we don't vote for king or queen evie we vote, we vote for prime ministers
0: well, what if they don't like the Prime ministers that they get because they're mean? yeah they're very strict I don't like strict people okay I only like teachers because they have to be strict. Prime ministers don't don't need to be strict. Well, They just ask for some reason, and that's why I don't like prime ministers.
1: Good to know that you've developed those strong opinions early. Well, unfortunately, when this law was being written, instead of it saying anyone who owned property or paid a yearly rent of £10, it said any man. This means that a prime minister who wanted to have as many people as possible voting was accidentally responsible for all women being banned from voting officially for the first time in British history.
0: Why do they always think that a couple of years... Why did they used to think that women had to look after the children, that women had to do the jobs, that women had to do the shopping, that women couldn't vote that women were useless
1: well no this was a, mean this was an accident evie it no, was just it was they'd not. used the wrong word instead of saying anybody they said any man
0: no they did not that was not by accident well
1: i like to think it was
0: it was on purpose he was looking at what he was writing he thought about what he was writing he didn't want the women to to count no, in. he
1: was a, he was generally a nice man and to make up for this massive mistake, Earl Grey went on to pass a law the next year in eighteen thirty three that banned slavery. So he stopped slavery to make up for his little boob with the uh, the women voting thing. So that's good.
0: No, that doesn't that doesn't help. Well it Except- helps
1: the people who were being slaves at the time, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it does. That's a lot of
1: people that were suddenly free.
0: But it doesn't help the women.
1: Well it helps women slaves. They might not be able to vote, but now they can be free, thanks to Earl Grey.
0: Well, Earl Grey did make something something by accident. Yeah. That's why I'm doing my bunny ear hands.
1: Your quotation fingers, yeah?
0: Yes, quotation fingers.
1: Well, because he did manage to stop slavery, he was rewarded by having a type of tea named after him that you can still buy and drink to this day. And I often enjoy a lovely cup of Earl Grey. What's, what does it taste like? It tastes like tea, only it's got a flavour called bergamot in it. Okay. Which I cannot describe, because I I, I'm think not very that, good at describing tastes.
0: I, I also think that that is a terrible reward. Except you do get named after something, but you don't get a gold medal for something. He stopped something that was important. Because if you're being slaved and you don't get... For, very much money for it you may only you get just no get
1: money if you're a slave what that's what slavery is it's being forced to work for no money he stopped that he didn't like that idea
0: well that was actually a good thing
1: yeah i'd say so now although not many women had owned enough land or property to have been able to vote prior to the 1832 reform act many women were very angry at being banned from voting altogether so they they weren't they weren't best pleased that um, Earl Grey made this mistake. Of course, they weren't. I'm not. At first, the ban on women voting was not rigidly enforced.
0: Wait, I have a, I have a page in my book about votes for women I of either. amazing warm women.
1: We may meet her during the course of this. Okay. See if you can remember her name when it comes around. Okay. At first, the ban on women voting was not rigidly enforced. In 1843, for example. There were at least 30 women who were recorded as having voted. However, authorities became more and more strict, and by the 1860s, no woman was allowed to vote in national elections. Why? Because the powers that be, the authorities, had decided that this law that said only men who own enough property can vote decided, right, we're going to make sure that any woman who tries to vote, we're going to say no. We're going to stop giving them the benefit of the doubt and we are going to say no. But, that's what the law but, says. That's what you're going to have to do. You can't vote anymore. Go and ask your husband. If you can persuade your husband to vote away, that's fine.
0: But but he made a mistake.
1: I know, but it, it was he, a, a he mistake that, that he made out. as a law.
0: He should rub that out. Oh,
1: he's not Prime Minister anymore by this point. Why? Because you change Prime Ministers quite often. No! Yeah. No! No! In the mid-1860s, it was being suggested that a second reform bill was needed to further increase the amount of people who could vote. In Parliament, a well-known philosopher called John Stuart Mill had been elected MP for Westminster. He was known as the most influential English-speaking philosopher of the 19th century. So people thought he had lots of good ideas. And he had decided to argue that women should be given a right to vote that was equal to men.
0: Thank you, philosopher. Yeah. That's nice. Thanks.
1: After all, like we've said, the original ban was only the result of a mistake. So there was no reason not to reverse it. John Stuart Mill believed in an idea called utilitarianism. What's that? It basically means that he believed it was right to act in a way that brings the most amount of happiness for the most amount of people. If you've got a choice, you should always decide on the course of action that will cause the most happiness for the most amount of people. So, of course, it seemed obvious to him that women should be allowed to have a say in how the country they lived in was being run, because that's likely to make them feel more happy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so nice.
1: With this high-profile person supporting the cause of votes for women, or female suffrage, as it was known, so arguing for um women to have the right to vote was th- having the right to vote is called suffrage, and they were arguing for female suffrage, yeah
0: yeah but so, is he one of the women the thirty women's wives
1: was his wife one of the thirty women
0: yeah that that said they they could vote
1: uh no, but he was he did
0: know them he
1: knew a lot of women who were fighting for the right to to vote, and he he supported them in any way he could. Because there were societies of women who began forming to campaign for the new Reform Act to make voting rights equal between men and women again. So once they thought there was a chance, groups of women got together and went, right, we've got to write pamphlets, we've got to go on marches, we've got to go to our local MP and tell him what we think and say, you better vote for this man. You better vote for women to have a vote again, otherwise we're going to turn up at your door and shout at you. The first society was set up in London by Barbara Lee Smith Bodishan a women's rights activist who also argued that women should be allowed to study at university because women weren't allowed to go to universities at this point either. What? Don't worry though, she eventually succeeded in founding the first woman's college at Cambridge in 1869 along with another woman activist called Emily Davis.
0: I told you they thought women were useless.
1: Well, no, no, no. It's only 660 years after Cambridge started letting men go to university there. So they were only 660 years behind letting the women in. That's not too long, is it? No,
0: that's not. It's
1: only 660 I years between th- the th- first man and the first woman going to Cambridge.
0: No, I think that's actually a bad idea. Okay. Because the men might just wait, make fun of the women.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because the first female doctors who went to try and train in medicine, they did... All of the male doctors, trainee doctors, tried to make fun of them, tried to insult them. They made it very difficult.
0: Well, that's just being mean. It
1: was being mean. I don't
0: think they enjoyed that.
1: I I don't think anyone would enjoy that. Barbara, though, having set up her Society of Women's Suffrage, she managed to gain over 1,500 signatures within the first two weeks for people who wanted to support uh, women having the right to vote. It showed that many people were vaguely supportive of this. You know, most people thought it was common sense that women should be allowed to vote. One minute, I'm just going to have to blow my nose. Okay. The following year, in 1867, a second suffrage society opened in Manchester and enjoyed a large membership. But despite the campaigning, both inside and outside of Parliament, the Second Reform Act did not allow women the vote after all. Why? because they just decided not to put that in. Oh. Despite all the women saying, "Come on, this is your chance to to correct that mistake and despite the fact that there were MPs in there, members of parliament who were going, "Really, chaps, we probably should uh, sort this out." The government just went and ah, nah, won't do that. We'll we'll let more men vote, but no women.
0: Why? Idiots. Why? Mm. They're idiots. Being silly, not letting women vote when I'm allowed to vote and I'm a woman.
1: Well, you're not allowed to vote yet because you're not 18, are you?
0: I can vote when I want to.
1: When you're 18. You've got to be 18. I have. I don't. You do. Only adults can vote, Evie. But it's not about whether you're a man or a woman. It's about whether you're old enough now.
0: I'm old enough to vote. I learnt something very early when you said I shouldn't have... At the start.
1: Evie? Yeah? You've got to wait till you're 18. Nope. Much like drinking alcohol, okay?
0: I don't even like alcohol.
1: Good. It was proved that women couldn't vote later the same year, when a member of the Manchester Suffrage Society called Lily Maxwell was accidentally added to the electoral roll and took the opportunity to try and vote in a by-election.
0: What's an electoral roll? It's
1: the list of all the people who are allowed to vote and someone accidentally put her name on it. because She did own property, and if she'd been a man, she would have been eligible to vote. And she went, well, if you have put my name on the electoral roll, I'll vote then.
0: Oh, After no. she voted,
1: though, someone noticed that she was a woman and she was taken to court, where her vote was declared illegal. Illegal? Yep. So they, they said, we're not going to count that one vote. It didn't sway the election either way, but it was just to send a message Say, so even, if, even if we make a mistake and accidentally send you out a poll card, don't use it, because we will find out and we will take it away.
0: They should execute the people that say that women can't vote.
1: You always go to the executions these days, don't you?
0: Yeah, because people keep asking them and asking them, then they need to get punished. And then if they do it more, then they get punished even more. And then, if you do it even more, then you get a worse puni- a worse punishment.
1: Right. Okay, so you're, you're, you're one for punitive sort of um, justice. Yeah. Interesting. This was a call to action for many women across the country. Well, mainly women with money. After all, poor people, be they men or women, couldn't vote anyway. So they were not much interested in the problem at this point in history. But rich women did take action, forming the National Society for Women's Suffrage in 1868. The group worked to get women the vote by producing pamphlets, lobbying members of parliament and generally finding ways to ask politely. It was not at all effective.
0: What does effective mean?
1: It means it didn't work, Evie. They kept trying to ask politely and it kept not working.
0: Why... Then they should just go to the execution.
1: I think think there could be a few steps in between um, asking politely and executing the government.
0: Yes, they should execute the government.
1: Well, in 1897, a new organisation called the National Union of Women's Suffrage was created under the leadership of a woman called Millicent Fawcett.
0: Is that one of the people from my book?
1: No, it is not. When are we going to get to her? We'll see. Millicent was, in many ways, a perfect leader for a women's suffrage movement. She was the sister of the first female English doctor, Elizabeth Garrett Anderson, and was friends with Emily Davis, the woman who had helped to found the college at Cambridge. She was married to a member of Parliament who she'd been introduced to by John Stuart Mill himself. So practically everyone we have talked about so far, Millicent knew. So she was the perfect person to lead the suffrage movement, to get some some things moving.
0: Wow.
1: She believed in sticking to using argument and persuasion to change the opinions of politicians on granting votes to women. But although Millicent was popular, with her organisation boasting about 50,000 members at its height, there were some women who felt that the softly, softly approach of the suffragists had managed to achieve practically nothing in 50 years and that if they wanted to change the status quo, if they wanted this change to happen, they would have to be a bit more forceful in the way they asked for it. One such woman was called Emmeline Pankhurst.
0: Is that her?
1: That's the one from your book. She was a tough northern lass from Moss Side, Manchester and she formed an organisation of her own called the Women's Social and Political Union.
0: Votes for women! Yep. Just like in Enola Holmes, they find pic posters of votes for women.
1: Yep. Yay! So it's the Women's Social and Political Union. But members will be remembered to history as suffragettes. The term was invented by a journalist for the Daily Mail called Charles Hans, who intended it to be used as an insult, because the Daily Mail is always on the wrong side of history and is only read by oh. awful, awful people. What, yes,
0: the daily news
1: no the daily mail why?
0: it's it's just
1: one of the newspapers, but it's it's a newspaper that's specifically read by very, very bad people. why I don't know because they're scared of everyone and they hate everyone and they're very repressed and they're just just not the kinds of people that you'd want to to hang around with trust me
0: um maybe it's just because they have problems and they everybody's just making fun of them and they don't want to be friends with them and lots of people are so they don't want to be friends with anyone they know maybe maybe it's just because they have behaviour problems
1: <laughs> possibly possibly Daily Mail readers have behavioural problems
0: so they read the Daily Mail so they get ad- ideas how to be kind
1: no, no they get ideas how to be even more awful from the Daily Mail what yeah it's all about hating people and being scared of people and thinking that people are trying to steal from you or trying to ruin your way of life it's a very very fear mongering kind of newspaper anyway let's not focus on those idiots let's focus on Emmeline who remembered the founding of a new organisation thusly you ready for the quote yes I'm going to do my lady voice again
0: can I sit back for
1: this one no sit where you are okay listen to my lady voice yes It was October the 10th, 1903, that I invited a number of women to my house in Nelson Street, Manchester, for the purposes of organisation. We voted to call our new society the Women's Social and Political Union, partly to emphasise its democracy, and partly to define its object as political rather than propagandist. We resolved to limit our membership exclusively to women, to keep ourselves absolutely free from party affiliation, and to be satisfied with nothing but action on our question. Deeds... Not words was to be our permanent motto. Hmm. So they were all about doing, not about saying.
0: Yes, Hmm. Emily.
1: At first, these deeds were limited to disrupting politicians' speeches, including those of future Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who was not a fan of the idea of women having the right to vote.
0: Stop, you idiots!
1: No, nah, Winston didn't believe women had much of a place in, in politics.
0: No, and I have friends that are called Winston, Winston the Fish, Winston the Mountains. Uh, Winston, Win- not
1: Wing, Winston.
0: Winston. Yeah. Winston the Fish, and Winston the mouse.
1: The suffragettes also also held demonstrations. They released a board game. Called Pankersquith, where you had to move a suffragette from her house to Parliament while avoiding obstacles put in her way by the then Prime Minister, Herbert Asquith. Try again. Thank you.
0: And if you can't do it that time, just try again. Just keep trying.
1: Pankersquith, where you had to move a suffragette from her house to Parliament while avoiding obstacles put in place by the then Prime Minister, Herbert Asquith. The suffragettes also quite early on, realised the importance of strong branding to help raise the profile of their cause. So they they had to be easily recognisable. So people needed to know, oh, that was the suffragettes that did that. One of the suffragettes, called Emmeline Pethick-Lawrence, came up with a colour scheme of purple, which represented loyalty, white, which represented purity, and green, which represented hope for the suffragettes. This became so recognisable, this trio of colours, that big shops like Selfridges and Liberty of London started making clothes that used the three colours, even making super special suffragette underwear. So you could buy purple, white and green knickers to show your support. What? For Votes for Women.
0: Can we still buy those things, those black and black... Purple. Those purple, green, white thing. T-shirts and things today?
1: Yeah, of course you can.
0: Can I buy a T-shirt that says that on it? Says what? That has the purple. colours on it.
1: I'm sure we can find you one, yeah.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: But even with their more high-profile actions, the suffragettes were getting no closer to changing the law than their predecessors had. When a plan to meet with the Prime Minister directly by posting two suffragettes in a box to Downing Street failed... So they tried to deliver themselves to Downing Street to confront the Prime Minister. What? Yeah. How could they deliver
0: themselves?
1: They put themselves in a box, posted it to Downing Street where the Prime Minister lives. And the Royal Mail did pick up the package and tried to deliver it. But the officials at Number 10 refused to accept it. Why? Probably because they could hear giggling or, you know, whispering from inside the box and thought, probably shouldn't bring this in to the Prime Minister's house. It seems like there's people in that box.
0: Uh, if I was a woman in that, I would just hide and stay quiet.
1: You try your best to stay quiet, but I mean, I don't know how long with you were in the box. <laughs> they could have been in there a couple of days. You'd be getting bored after a couple of days, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, after that didn't work, the leaders of the suffragettes began to discuss if they needed to escalate their campaign further to include violence and terrorism to make their point. Yes. You are all in straight away? Yes. Okay. That's
0: a good idea.
1: (laughs) Okay. So you would would have been voting for that if you'd have been part of them? Yeah. (laughs) Great.
0: Because if you ask someone and they say, no, ask again, no. No is the same answer you get a million times. So it's going to hurt people's feelings. So it may, but you may have to hurt theirs. Stop.
1: Well, it didn't seem that they would actually have to, because in January of 1910, as part of his election campaign, the Prime Minister, Herbert Asquith, promised to introduce a law that would allow some women to vote. The suffragettes were naturally very excited and they paid close attention as the new bill passed the first and the second reading in the House. Then Asquith refused to allow any more time to actually make it into a law. Frustration grew and when Asquith decided in November 1910 that he needed to call another general election, naturally without any women being allowed to vote in it, the suffragettes decided to organise a march to the Houses of Parliament to let Asquith and the other politicians know that they felt rather betrayed.
0: I feel bad for the suffragettes.
1: Yeah, you're about to feel a lot worse for them. Around 300 women gathered together in Caxton Hall in Westminster before marching together to the Parliament buildings. The suffragettes were met by police, as they had been many times before. There had been multiple attempts to enter Parliament in the previous few years, and the police, normally charged with keeping them out, were called A-Division, and they developed an understanding and a level of respect for the suffragettes, meaning that injuries were relatively rare, if, you know not completely unheard of
0: no but
1: a division they they did their best to be as respectful as possible when they were trying to deal with the suffragettes but this time it was not police from a division who were charged with keeping the suffragettes out it was police who'd been drafted in from other parts of london and these police decided that instead of arresting the suffragettes they would teach them a lesson the police began assaulting the suffragettes.
0: Assaulting, what does that mean?
1: Beating them with fists and clubs and turning a blind eye when members of the public, naturally all men, began to join in with the violence.
0: No! The suffragettes are just trying to have votes. Votes are important. If you can't vote then, you might not like the thing that other people have voted.
1: Yeah. Caxton Hall became a makeshift hospital and Sylvia Pankhurst, Emmeline's daughter, described the scene inside. We saw the women go out and return exhausted, with black eyes, bleeding noses, bruises, sprains and dislocations. Dad,
0: can you do your women voice?
1: That was one of my women voices. No,
0: it's not.
1: OK, sorry. A
0: proper women
1: voice. We saw the women go out and return exhausted, with black eyes, bleeding noses, bruises, sprains and dislocations. The cry went round, Be careful! they're dragging women down the side streets eventually after six hours of this 135 suffragettes were arrested there were dozens of serious injuries and two women later died as a result of the assaults that they suffered all of the suffragettes who had been arrested were released the next day with no charges why why what
0: they were just trying to get something that was important that they couldn't have that someone accidentally put in
1: the law. I know. Don't worry, the story does have a happy ending, OK? OK. Promise you that. you OK? okay. Yeah. <sighs> the event has become known as Black Friday. There were immediate calls for an inquest into how the police had behaved. But the person with the power to start an inquest was the Home Secretary a man by the name of Winston Churchill who still didn't like the idea of women influencing politics and so decided he wasn't going to have an inquiry after all. Again, Winston Churchill will go on to become Prime Minister.
0: He shouldn't be Prime Minister.
1: No, you don't think?
0: No, no men should be a Prime Minister. Only women should.
1: Well, we'll get to that at the end, okay? Because we have had women Prime Ministers.
0: Women should have being prominent, then they won't let men vote.
1: I don't think that's going to really work, is it? It's not an eye for an eye.
0: They're just going to let women vote as well.
1: That's what we're. That's all we're hoping for. We're hoping for equality here, not for turning it the other way.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, causing damage to government property by breaking windows had been used sporadically by the suffragettes prior to 1910. What? However, following Black Friday. Some in the organisation felt that property damage would be a better method of protesting as it would allow women more time to escape and would reduce the risk of suffragettes being assaulted. What? So, whereas when you go on a march, everyone knows where you are, you're a target, if you just go and smash some windows, you can get away from there before anyone notices what has happened and then you won't get attacked and you might even not get arrested. So some of the suffragettes were saying, wouldn't it be better if we just stuck to smashing windows? What do you think?
0: Smashing windows. Also, people will get glass in their feet.
1: Uh, Only if they're not wearing shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, why I always wear shoes indoors, just in case.
0: Maybe I should start wearing slippers indoors.
1: Hmm. Maybe. An early adopter of this new strategy of causing damage to property was Emily Wilding Davidson, who began setting fire to letterboxes in late
0: 1911. Why?
1: Ah, well, she felt that that was a good way of causing disruption uh, and getting the suffragette point across.
0: Stop smashing windows and setting fire to left boxes. Well,
1: if you want to know exactly what Emily was up to, uh, we have done an episode on her. So, episode 92. Have we? uh, I think it was myself and Mummy who did that. Oh. And we talked all about Emily Wilding Davidson. Though they initially said that Emily's tactics were not acceptable... Emmeline Pankhurst and the other leaders of the suffragettes did encourage the breaking of windows and in March nineteen twelve there was a mass breaking of windows of the shops on Bond Street and Regent Street with some suffragettes going to number Ten Downing Street with hammers to smash all the windows there as well. so they had a gay old time smashing windows
0: why why are they sm- why are they setting fire to letter boxes
1: because uh the post was a lot more important back then because we didn't have computers and we didn't have emails, and we didn't have mobile phones. So if you needed to tell someone something, you sent it through the post. And if some if a postbox was set on fire, all of the letters inside would be burned, which would cause loads of confusion, because lots of people wouldn't know what they were supposed to be doing and wouldn't be getting messages that they needed. So it's just a way of disrupting the system. Quite an effective way. She tried to set fire to a post office as well, but that didn't work out. What? Yeah. Why? Because there's more letters in a post office, isn't there? If you, se- you set fire to a post office that's bedlam.
0: But but if you set fire to a post office then all the letters will be burnt.
1: Yeah. And you've caused a lot of chaos in the system. Fight the, Fight the man.
0: Fight the man. Fight the
1: man. Anyway, with all of the window smashing on Bond Street and Regent Street and smashing the, you know, the windows at Downing Street, Emmeline and around 150 others were arrested and put in prison. No! Now, Emmeline obviously had time to think while she was in jail, because shortly after her release in October 1912, she gave a speech at the Royal Albert Hall, which confirmed that the movement would officially be using more violent means to make their points from now on. Do you want to hear an extract of her speech?
0: Yes, in your woman voice. Proper woman voice,
1: please. <sighs> Blummin' Okay, right. Be militant, each in your own way. Those of you who can express your militancy by going to the House of Commons and refusing to leave without satisfaction, as we did in the early days, do so. Those of you who can express militancy by facing party mobs at cabinet ministers' meetings, when you remind them of the falseness of their principle, do so. Those of you who can express your militancy by joining us in our anti-government by-election policy, do so. Those of you who can break windows break them. Those of you who can still further attack the secret idol of property so as to make the government realise that property is as greatly endangered by women's suffrage as it was by the Chartists of old, do so. And my last word is to the government. I incite this meeting to rebellion.
0: What does that mean? Rebellion? Yeah.
1: It means they're going to try and overthrow the government, essentially.
0: They're going to take out the government.
1: Yeah. Yes. It's it's basically saying watch out. Is the government
0: out. lots of people?
1: Uh, yes, it's a group of people who've been elected. So everyone who wants to be elected is a member of a party. And the party that gets the most people elected across the country gets to form the government. And the leader of that party becomes the Prime Minister.
0: So they actually get free stuff?
1: Ooh. Well, c- certain Prime Ministers' um, recent memory have definitely got a lot of free stuff. Whether they were supposed to or not is up for debate. This incitement to rebellion did lead to some people, including Emmeline Pethick-Lawrence, who came up with the colour scheme, if you remember, leaving the organisation. Because they weren't up for, you know, all of the uh, property damage and all of the violence. But what was left was a hardcore group who were willing to do whatever it took to achieve their aim of votes for women.
0: I feel really, 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 really bad for them. Mm. They've been trying so hard just to get votes. Yep. Because they're important. they And no-one's let them. Mm. So that's actually... And also, don't cut this bit out on the, except the bit where I'm telling you not to. You should always remember, if someone says that you can't vote when you're 18... You should never believe them. E, because you always get a chance to vote.
1: Yeah, you've got to make sure you're on the electoral roll, but yeah. Now, although Emmeline Pankhurst had said that the suffragettes would only target property and not people, her daughter, Christabel, had seen the impact of Emily Wilding Davidson's attempts to burn down a post office and decided to organise her own reign of terror with a bombing and arson campaign. So she was going to blow things up and she was going to set things on fire.
0: Why? When are we going to get to the execution? (laughs) When?
1: There are no executions. But there is bombing and there is setting things on fire. Will that do? Yes. Amongst other things, a bomb was planted in the Home Secretary's office. Attempts were made to set fire to a theatre where the Prime Minister was watching a show. A train was set on fire. Train signals were sabotaged to try and cause crashes. No. And dangerous chemicals were poured into post boxes. No. But probably the most... Um,
0: Not the theatre. No. Not
1: the theatre. You're really upset about the theatre being set on fire.
0: Yeah, that's where you watch plays. Yes,
1: well, the Prime Minister was watching a play, so they hoped that they'd set him on fire. No. By setting the theatre on fire. <laughs> no. And when that didn't work... One suffragette literally tried to kill the Prime Minister, who was still Asquith, by throwing a hatchet at him.
0: What was... what's a hatchet? A
1: small axe. She threw an axe at the man. What? She missed, but she did cut someone else's ear. With the hatchet. That's... what? And that was all just in 1912. By the end of that year, 240 suffragettes had been sent to prison for militant activities. And whilst in prison, the suffragettes would go on hunger strike refusing to eat anything as a further protest.
0: But if you don't eat anything, you'll die.
1: Well, the first suffragette to go on hunger strike was Marion Wallace Dunlop in 1909. Did she die? You're going to find out. I'm not just going to leave it with that. Okay. (coughs) Uh, She'd been arrested um, and charged with willfully and maliciously damaging the stonework of the House of Commons. So she chipped some stones, and that, that was enough to have her sent to prison.
0: Why? How it, did... How?
1: Because they wanted to make her an example of her. But after 91 hours with no food, she was released as prison authorities were scared that she would die in prison and it would make them look bad. So it seemed to be a successful tactic.
0: Successful.
1: Because she managed to get out of prison after under four days by just refusing to eat. So other suffragettes copied Marion but later in 1909 the government decided that force feeding by inserting a tube either through the nose or mouth and pouring liquid directly into the stomach could be administered to overcome the hunger strikes
0: what if what if they accidentally weren't closing their eyes were closing their eyes and then they accidentally poured some chemicals
1: there well it wasn't that wasn't the problem um It was a horrific experience however it was done but it did lead to several deaths when the tube was incorrectly inserted into the lungs. So instead of it going into the stomach and then pouring the food into the stomach they were pouring food into the lungs and people were drowning on liquid food.
0: No. Yeah. Even liquid bread.
1: Even liquid bread.
0: No, even liquid chocolate.
1: I don't think they were giving them chocolate. No! Eventually, in 1913, the government passed the Cat and Mouse Act. This allowed for women on hunger strike to be temporarily released from prison until they were deemed healthy enough to be recalled to serve the rest of their sentence. So rather than doing the forced the feeding, they were like, well, we'll let you out, but as soon as you're healthy enough, we're going to bring you back in. And that was their way of getting around the hunger strikes.
0: That didn't make any sense. Well... Did they even feed them lick? Liqu- liqu- liquid tomatoes
1: I know it would have just been a a mix that was going to give them enough nutrients so they wouldn't die they were offered food normal food and when they refused if they kept refusing they were like right we're going to do this liquid feed it will keep you alive but then they decided actually let's just let them go home and then as soon as they're healthy enough we'll just drag them back to prison This was likely because in 1913, the campaign of terrorism had got even more intense, meaning that more and more suffragettes were being sent to prison and they didn't want multiple dead suffragettes in prison because that might make the public more sympathetic to the cause. Because they go, well, these women are just asking to vote and they're dying in prison, having been subjected to force feeding. Maybe they're the guys in the right and maybe the government are just nasty people and the government didn't want that.
0: Oh, no, they did not. The government didn't even want the women there. The government didn't want the women there. I repeat, the government did not want the women there.
1: Do you know what they did in 1913, though? they They learnt a new trick, did the suffragettes.
0: What did they do?
1: They learnt how to make letter bombs.
0: Letter bombs?
1: Exactly what it sounds like. Bombs in letters and they were happily sending these to the Prime Minister and other members of the government. Unfortunately, the bombs kept going off while they were still in the post, severely injuring several postmen. Asquith's house was bombed, and there was an attempt to bomb the Bank of England and multiple railway stations. No! There were also over 250 arson attacks, (sighs) which is just setting things on fire. Generally, it was things that men liked, so cricket pavilions, gentlemen's clubs... All the places men would go that women weren't allowed to go or weren't expected to go, they set them on fire.
0: Yay. Yay. Wait, did did one actually get to the Prime Minister?
1: No, they did bomb his house and cause a lot of damage, but they never got a letter bomb to him. No. And all of this was very alarming, but it wasn't the most concerning thing for the politicians. Because what was most concerning was the increasing amount of women who were applying for licences to own guns.
0: Guns. Yeah.
1: So a lot of the women were going, do you know what? I might I might get myself a gun. And the politicians were thinking, well, next time she comes and starts shouting in my face about how terrible I am, and she's got a gun in her pocket, I'm in a lot more danger than I would have been previously. Maybe, Maybe we don't want them getting hold of guns.
0: <laughs> yeah, because she if she had a gun in her pocket and he, said, and he says, no, no votes for you, remember what we said? Mm. And then she's like, oh, really? Well, think
1: about it. When, when a woman saw um, Asquith and she had a hatchet, she chucked the hatchet at him and nearly killed him. And Emily Wilding Davidson, she thought she'd seen um, Asquith on a railway platform And she started whipping a man with a horse whip. Uh, But it turned out it wasn't Asquith, it was just a random man. No! Yeah, she got the wrong guy, but she gave him a good whipping. So, you know, if if they had access to guns, it seems like they probably would have started taking pot shots at him if they saw him in public, and he didn't want that.
0: No. How could they stop the women this time?
1: Well... They couldn't. It didn't seem like they could because by early 1914, the suffragette campaign had expanded to include targeting of churches. So they started setting fire to and bombing churches. With a bomb successfully going off in Westminster Abbey itself.
0: Not Westminster Abbey. We've been to Westminster Abbey. No, we haven't. No, that's somewhere else. That's somewhere
1: else. Westminster Abbey is where the Queen's um, funeral took place. Yeah, and next year it'll be where um, King Charles III is crowned speaking of which the chair he will sit on the coronation chair that was damaged in this explosion that the suffragettes made what? Mm. so he can't sit on the chair? he can it's just got a bit of a wobble now he's got to be careful a bit more rickety than once it was okay ironically this bomb went off while parliament was debating what to do about the terrorist tactics of the suffragettes and Parliament's only around 100 metres away from Westminster Abbey, so all the politicians heard it and rushed out to see what had happened. There were also plans afoot to kidnap members of the government and subject them to force-feeding. So groups of suffragettes were planning to kidnap government ministers.
0: So, like, when the government were asleep, they would just tie them to a chair.
1: Yes, and force-feed them by putting a tube down their throat so that they could see how it felt. They thought that would be quite powerful if they could do that.
0: What? <laughs> They're gonna tie someone to a chair. Yeah. I like tying people to chairs.
1: That's deeply disturbing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I'm sorry, but that's what I mostly like.
1: Right. Doing. Well, they were gonna t- they were gonna tie Winston Churchill to a chair and force feed him. But that never happened. They didn't get around to doing that. And there were plans for creating a suffragette army called the People's Training Corps with a plan that 300 women, armed and dangerous, would storm Parliament and hold them hostage until they agreed to votes for women. What I'm saying is the situation was escalating and there were no ideas coming from the government about how they might de-escalate the situation. So... The bombings were weekly, arsons were happening every couple of days. You know, there was constantly something going on, and people all across the country were scared because it was happening all across mm. the country. Yeah. So, how do you think they're going to get out of this? What do you think is going to happen?
0: Um, I think that the suffra- suffragettes, yeah, why are they called that again?
1: Because they were fighting for women's suffrage.
0: I, uh, yeah. I think that the women should should they should just go to the Prime Minister again and then tell the police to go on holiday and then they can actually get into him. And one should carry a gun in her pocket and then they should just go in with the gun and say hello So you handle with votes for women or we fast feed you or gun or Gunch.
1: Then... So you're saying they should threaten to murder the Prime Minister? Yes. Unless he gives votes for women?
0: Yes. They should threaten him.
1: Well, they, they didn't. And the government didn't actually do anything to stop the suffragettes, because... Why? Well, I think we're now able to discuss one of the very few positives that came from the outbreak of World War I. What's that? Well when war was declared in britain in august 1914 the suffragettes took the decision to end their campaign of bombing and setting things on fire to support the government in the fight against germany
0: support the government
1: yes because we were at war so the suffragettes went well okay we'll we'll push pause on that because this is more important we need to win this war and then we can get back to fighting for votes so oh, they yeah. said to the government, it's OK, we're going to stop blowing things up while there's a war on.
0: So And they
1: actually started actively campaigning to support the war effort.
0: OK, so, so that's actually a silly idea because they are enemies with the government. The government aren't letting them have votes for women. So that's actually a bad idea.
1: Yes, but it's also, you know, I mean, if there's no Britain left Good because point. we've been taken over... You know we've been invaded, and there's a German government in place in England. They might not get the vote then, so it's better to to have a British government and then be able to argue with them again afterwards. I guess was their thought. I think we yeah? should
0: have a deal. I think one of them should go. Ah-hem. You should either let us let us protect you, mm. and for this war and then you will let us have have votes for women or we will not protect you and then we will suffer
1: well it's weird that you think of it like that because it wasn't said that way but you'll see what happens and it's kind of that that actually they rely on the women so much that they have to give them the vote but at the point at which the suffragettes said that they'd stop doing all of the um, bombing and the setting things on fire they'd caused an estimated 72 million pounds worth of damage and their campaign had led to the deaths of at least 5 people as well as many Who many were injuries they? Uh, a couple of postmen died no why? Uh, a couple of other innocent bystanders um, and at least one suffragette died because they were making their bombs out of nitroglycerin by the end which is something that's very very volatile it can explode very easily so As they were putting the bomb together, if they did the wrong thing, it just blew up right there and then. It's a very difficult job making a bomb, or so I'm told, um, because one slip and it it will blow up, and you'll go a bit Jack Parsons.
0: What does Jack Jack Parsons mean?
1: He's uh, a rocket scientist. who famously died making um, an explosive. He was trying to do it a bit too quick. (laughs) He was rushing making an explosive, uh, and it blew up in his face and killed him. Anyway, as the war in Europe continued to drag able-bodied men away from their jobs in Britain to the front lines, it was the women who stepped in to fill the gaps, proving that they were just as able as their male counterparts, regardless of what the task was. This practical need for greater equality, because you suddenly needed women to come and do some of those jobs in the factory that you banned them from doing before. You you needed women to fulfil roles that you'd previously said only men could do, because you didn't have the men to do them. Plus, I guess you've got to assume that Parliament kind of knew that if they didn't change things, the bombing would start up again as soon as the war was over. The government decided in 1918, at the end of the First World War, to finally pass a law allowing women the vote.
0: Yay!
1: Well, women over 30 at least. No. Well, women over 30 who own property, if I'm being picky. Yay. But this did amount to around 8 million women getting the vote.
0: Yeah.
1: Later the same year, a law was passed allowing women to become MPs for the first time.
0: What are MPs again? Members
1: of Parliament. So people who get to vote on the laws. So a member of Parliament will represent uh, an area of the country. So we're in Morecambe. Yeah. Uh, and we have a Conservative MP at the moment.
0: No, we're not. We're in Easton.
1: Yes, but... We, we fall under this guy's constitu- constituency. So they group people together and go, you get one member of parliament if you live in this area and you all vote for him or her. And then whoever gets the most votes from that area gets sent to parliament and they uh, try to advocate for us. They try to say what people from our area would like. Yeah. Okay. But we, we actually did cover... We've actually covered the story of the first female MP. Uh, we covered it in episode 75 countess constance markovich
0: Mm, me and you
1: no no this was me and matt we talked about the first female mp then
0: why did you say we
1: i'm talking about we as in the podcast uh... rather than we as in me and you but if you want to go back and listen to episode 75 you can find out all about the first female mp she was badass she also liked to fire guns okay True equality of voting rights was achieved in 1928 via the representation of the People Act, less than a 100 years after Earl Grey had caused the issue in the first place with his inadvertent error. The Act was passed less than a month after the death of Emmeline Pankhurst on June 14th, 1928. No. No! But she knew it was going to be passed, so she knew that she had won, and that she had, through deeds not words... Managed to get votes for women, which is a nice thing, isn't it? Yes. To know the thing you dedicated your life to is happening before she you fought, die.
0: She did fight very hard. She
1: did, and a lot of the women around her fought very hard as well. So that is a very, it's a very, very brief sort of whirlwind tour uh, of the female suffrage movement.
0: Just one speech before we leave you.
1: One speech. Yes, what's the speech?
0: Everyone should vote.
1: Yes. And since then, we have had three female prime ministers. Hmm. We've not yet had what I would consider to be a good female prime minister. Hmm. So that slot's still open. If you want to make history and become the first good female prime minister, you could potentially do it.
0: Can I be a prime minister of helper artist? What? Earth helper artist, Prime Minister. Mm. I make posters to help the Earth and I'm a Prime Minister.
1: You could join the Green Party. Yeah. They have a female leader called Caroline Lucas and they try to do things that will help the environment.
0: I would like to join that. Yeah.
1: She's often the most sensible person in a debate. Yeah. Mm. And we have a female leader of Scotland at the moment because we have um, Nicola Sturgeon. She's a strong, strong leader, an advocate for Scottish rights. Um, we had the last female prime minister. We had was called Liz Truss. Uh, it did not go well. No, no, it, she it was lied. She, she she did lie.
0: She lied, and she got sent back to her mum.
1: <laughs> she she got fired quite quickly. Yes, that's that's true. It 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 was not an edifying thing. And also there are rumours that she may have killed Queen Elizabeth um, because she was the last person to meet with Queen Elizabeth before she died. What? Yeah, that happened. What? I know.
0: I was named after that queen.
1: You were. But there you go. So do you think She's you she might... She's
0: half of my grandmother.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't claim royalty by association. No, I can. Oh, okay.
0: She killed. The no, no, I was it's named just that after. Queen
1: Elizabeth died very shortly after meeting Liz Truss.
0: I think she killed her.
1: Well, big if true, we can't say that because that would be liable. Well, I think no, actually, it'd be slander, wouldn't it? Because we're saying it, so we don't want to. We don't want to commit slander or liable, do okay. we? Okay. Because we don't want Liz Truss coming for us.
0: Thank you for doing this episode with me.
1: No worries. Well, I think it's important and. I'm a bit worried about how quickly you jumped on the idea of um hurting people in order to get your point across. We're gonna have to have words about that.
0: What a lot.
1: But I'm glad that you were passionate about it. So that's that's good.
0: What's the problem? They asked, they said no, they got a punishment. They they asked again, said no, got a worse punishment. Said no, said no. They got a worse punishment. They should have been executed. That's the worst punishment I would give someone if they didn't let me have a vote.
1: Well, luckily we stopped doing executions in the sixties, so Good. you can't. Um, even if you became prime minister, Evie, you probably wouldn't be able to bring back executions. Okay. Okay. And but please... that was
0: what I was do if I would do if I was. A couple of years ago,
1: right. Well, just when
0: execution was.
1: Don't put um, bringing back executions in your manifesto. Otherwise, I will have to go on TV to denounce you publicly. I know. And tell people not to vote for you. I don't. And I'd hate to. to be put in that position.
0: Because I'm your
1: daughter. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to say that I couldn't vote for my own daughter. So please don't add executions to your manifesto. I
0: won't. Good. I just said that. I meant if I would execute someone if I was. When execution was
1: was legal. Yeah. Well, it was definitely was legal, legal back then. You could still be hung.
0: I don't want to be hung. Good. It hurts.
1: Only for a little bit. Then you're dead. Anyway, should we end it there? Do you think? Yes. Any other thoughts that you want to put onto the recording I need before one we go? More. Okay.
0: Everyone has a chance to vote because big or small, you should always vote because voters. is. A- Because voting is important.
1: Yes. Good. I think that's a successful episode, don't you?
0: Yes. Huzzah! Huzzah! Let's end it there. That was nice.
1: Huzzah! Hi there, it's Emma, Chief Organiser at Consistently Eccentric. Here to remind you all that if you like what you hear, you can catch up with all previous episodes and session series by searching for us on Acast, Spotify and iTunes. How fancy. You can also join us on Instagram at consistently eccentric podcast where we update on the weekly episode and post all of our bonus content for you lucky lot. See you next week.